him out. What an effort by this Brewers pitching staff here in Cincinnati, allowing just three runs in the entire series, getting just enough offense today. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Baseball people amaze me. Baseball writers, analysts, podcasters, bloggers. You know, there's lots of forms that journalists and analysts take in 2023. Baseball people amaze me because they have such a good handle for stats and how to find stats and how to use those stats to tell a story. Right? Football, we can all watch a game and be like, yeah, the Packers, man, that's a a tough team, big in the trenches. uh." And certainly there's more analytical-minded football fans and football analysts. But I think in baseball, you really need to be good at dealing with large quantities of data, year-to-year-to-year, lefty-righty splits, statistics that aren't very self-explanatory. Baseball people just have a handle for this. Brewers swept the Reds this weekend. Fantastic series. It was a blast and a half to watch. We're about to talk about it for the next two hours because I can't imagine talking about anything else. Not a boring moment this weekend in any one of those games in Cincinnati. And that should be enough, but it wasn't. It wasn't enough for our guy, Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel. Oh, no, no. He needed an exclamation point the other day. Get a load of the stat that this guy dug up. I don't know how this guy's brain works. I don't know how any of these baseball people work. I don't know how they find these stats and organize these stats. I'm going to read you a tweet from Kurt, and it includes a picture. Okay. The last time the Brewers threw three straight shutouts, these were the lineups. This is from 2013. It was against the Marlins. Nori Aoki, Logan Schaefer, Gene Segura, Juan Francisco at first base, Ricky Weeks, Maltin Marinato, Caleb Gindel, remember him, left field, Jeff Bianchi, Willie Peralta. That was the lineup. And it beat up a lineup of the Marlins that was Ed Lucas, Giancarlo Stanton. Remember when it was just Mike Stanton? Logan Morrison on that team, Marcelo Zuna, Derek Dietrich, Justin Ruggiano, Bob Brantley. Remember those names? Kurt continues, they bodied the Marlins so badly in three straight games that Miami promptly called up its top prospect the following series. His name? Christian Yelich. Kurt Hogue, ladies and gentlemen. It's not enough to just say, hey, what a series from the Brewers. Oh, no, no, no. This guy had to find some amazing factoid, some amazing thing to tie it all together. And he tied it all together. Kurt, I commend you. What a great weekend series and a fun little bit of history. The last time the Brewers swept... Uh, or I guess shut out a team three straight times, won three straight games uh, and and held the other team scoreless. That's what got Christian Yelich called up, who's now on the Brewers. And I think he might now be back, which I'm sure we'll continue to talk about. We've been talking about that for weeks. So I'm sure we'll talk about it tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an awesome weekend, whatever it is you were doing. I laid low. I was in Milwaukee. I saw uh, Bill's fellow motorcyclists, for the Harley Davidson Fest, Harley Davidson. I don't know exactly what it's called. So I'm sorry, I'm not a biker, uh, but I did see the Foo Fighters were in town. And that had to be a heck of a show. Post Malone was at Alpine Valley. Uh, my colleague in the morning, Ebo, was there, said it was one of the best shows he's ever seen. I also watched a show this weekend. I did nothing. I laid on the couch and watched well over one full season of Suits. 
Uh, so I was hardly out and about this weekend. So for those of you that were out on your bike or maybe seeing the Foo Fighters in Milwaukee or you were seeing Post Malone at Alpine Valley, whatever you were doing, you probably had a busier weekend than me. Uh, I laid around and did a whole lot of nothing and watched the Brewers, of course. We're going to talk about the Brewers for the next two hours. I'm just jazzed out of my mind to have actual games to talk about because last week, like, the Brewers buy or sell. You know, what should they do with Jesse Winker? And this weekend, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. It was Saturday night. The Brewers won. And I'm thinking, I can't wait to be on the air on Monday. We have actual games to talk about. It's going to feel like Christmas morning, 4 o'clock on Monday afternoon. 608-321-1670 if you want to call the show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to tweet at me. Or maybe you're more private. You want to DM me something, a little under the radar, under the dar. That works fine as well. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, uh, or Wisco Grant, a great way to communicate during the show or anytime. I also always tweet out a link when I start the show in case there's listeners that, you know, might not live with an affiliate close to them. Maybe you're in Green Bay, a city that the show's not yet in, but we're working on it. I actually don't know if I'm working on it. Hopefully one day we can be out in Green Bay and, and some other cities. But in the meantime, I always tweet out the stream link so you can listen. Even if you don't live near an affiliate, I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Start with the Brewers. Let's talk about the Brewers the whole time. Let's end with the Brewers. I can't wait to talk about the Brewers tonight. I don't think that there's a huge gap between the Brewers and the Reds, who they swept this weekend, or the Brewers and the Cubs. I've respected the Cubs since April. If you've listened to the show, I thought the Cubs were going to be a little bit better than this, wins and losses-wise. I know the Cubs are eight games back. I still think they're a plucky, energetic team that could do some damage. They just had such a bad stretch in the first half. They dug themselves into a hole that's really difficult to dig out of. But I don't think there's a huge gap between the Brewers and the Reds or the Brewers and the Cubs. Heck, even Pittsburgh, 10 and a half back, and St. Louis, who's 11 and a half back. I don't think there's a massive gap between the Brewers and any other team in this division. Put it this way. I don't think the Brewers roster or the Brewers talent is way better than the Reds, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Cardinals. I don't think it's a talent gap. I don't think it's a roster gap. The Brewers are the adult team in this division. They're the grown-ups. That's why they're in first place. St. Louis is not trailing Milwaukee by 11 and a half games because they stink. They have a lot of talent. So do the Reds. It's younger towns, different town, but they have talent. All the teams in the division have some amount of talent, and the Brewers are not running away with this division. They're not winning this division because they spend more money, and their payroll is better, and they have more, more talent. No, no, no. The Brewers are leading the division, and they swept the Reds this weekend because they're the adult team in this division. They're adults. Every team in the Central has strengths and weaknesses, Brewers included. There's no perfect team in this division, which is why... There's no Atlanta Braves. They're running away with their division. They lead the second place Marlins by nine and a half games, right? And I'm still not sure that that doesn't happen in the NL West at some point. The Dodgers are in first place by a game and a half. The Diamondbacks are in free fall. We'll see what the Giants do. But the Brewers are not running away with the division like some other elite teams are. We've seen in in years past where one team just is so good they run away with it. That's not what the Brewers are doing. Nobody's perfect. Not even the Brewers in first place. The Cardinals have a great 3-4 in their batting order. Or a great 2-3. I don't remember how they hit them. Goldschmidt and Arenado. But the Cardinals have no starting pitching. They have no relief pitching. And based on what I've seen and based on what I read, and what I read from Cardinals fans on Twitter, they have a very shaky manager in Ali Marmol. That's like owning a brand new car, but having three credit cards maxed out, 
and you're a month behind on rent. It's like, but we got that new car. We got Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah, but you don't have any starting pitching. You don't have any relief pitching. Your manager really doesn't know what he's doing. It's like owning a brand new Ford F-150. Bought it off the lot. This year's model, except I can't really make the payments because I maxed out on three credit cards and I'm behind on rent. But hey, I got the I got the brand new car. That's the Cardinals. That's St. Louis. Now the Reds, the Reds have some exciting young players, but they really only have one starting pitcher. And because of that, their bullpen is really, really overworked. And that's only going to get worse as the year goes on. Because once you start burning that bullpen and your starting rotation gets shakier and shakier, it's really hard to get those relievers rest. So you keep working them. And then they start getting hurt or then they start giving up runs, which means you need to pitch more guys. The Reds have exciting young players, don't get me wrong, but their pitching staff, starting pitching staff, really thin, and that's affected their bullpen. That's like having a great start on a Roth IRA. We're investing. We're putting money into our retirement, but we're driving an old, old car. We're driving a beater car. Uh, 2004 Saturn, right? Rusty, you gotta, you gotta jiggle the keys to get it to start. And you're living in a studio apartment, right? Real small. It's not the worst position in the world to be in. Most people in their twenties at one point are driving a 20 year old car and living in a really small apartment. Yeah, this isn't personal. I wasn't thinking of myself when I wrote this stuff down. Yeah. A lot of people are in their twenties and they drive an old car and they have a small apartment but they put money in the right spots. They're building wealth. They're saving. That doesn't mean that you can turn around and buy a half million dollar house, but one day that's the goal. That's the Reds. Ellie De La Cruz and some of these really young players, they just called up another great prospect yesterday or today as a result of maybe getting swept by the Brewers. They got a great future, but the present is a little tough right now. We're, we're eating ramen. The Cubs have some stars. They got Marcus Stroman. Justin Steele's playing really well. Bellinger's having a nice bounce back campaign just a one-year contract prove a contract but they're playing a lot of lesser guys and they're hoping for the best or they're crossing their fingers with guys like Patrick Wisdom right that's like having a ton of points on an airline credit card racking up miles racking up trips hey you want to take a flight I got us but we don't really have a great budget for groceries or utilities you know the day-to-day isn't great but hey a couple times a year we can take a vacation because look at all the points I got on our airline credit card that's the Cubs So the Cardinals got a shaky financial situation. The Reds have a shaky financial situation, but it's a situation that's going to improve, you would think, in the future. A little rough right now, but getting better in the future. Cubs, a little bit of a Potemkin village. We got Stroman. We got Steele. Bellinger's playing really well, but other than that, it's, it's kind of filler. It's kind of stock pieces, right? The Brewers have starting pitching and then some. Their starting pitching has been pretty good, despite really never having Brandon Woodruff this year. Eric Lauer has been not good or not available. Aaron Ashby is yet to pitch this year, either in relief or in a starting pitcher capacity. And Burns had a so-so first half. It's not like Burns was amazing, and their starting pitching handled itself okay. Got plenty of outs, put the team in position to win. The Brewers have relief pitching, and then some. This Brewers team walks a run, a one-run tightrope like nobody else. Craig Council going from one reliever to the next, to the next, to the next. I've never seen a team, I've never seen a Brewers team be able to walk a one-run tightrope like this. And the Brewers have had some pretty good bullpens over the years. Craig Council's been pretty good navigating late-game, close, one-run situations. And this team, at least the last couple weeks, better at it than any Brewers team that I've ever seen before. Yelich has been great. Contreras and other hitters have 
had good stretches. Contreras is really good right now. Looks like Adamas might be coming around, waiting on the power. But the Brewers don't have an Arenado. They don't have a Goldschmidt. No Ellie De La Cruz. No flashy 40 home run guys sitting in the middle of their order. The Brewers aren't perfect, but you know what? The Brewers are adults. They're adults, right? The Brewers might only make 50K a year, right? They're not living on a glamorous, big payroll, 50K. You're not below the poverty line, but you're not making millions. They make 50K a year, but you know what? The Brewers have a really organized budget. Not a single dollar goes to waste. They drive an uber-reliable 2016 Toyota Corolla. They change the oil every 5,000 miles. They rotate the tires. They get the brakes checked, so the car's good. It's not a luxurious car, but that car's going to get us from point A to point B, and it's not going to break down. We have an organized budget to maximize the money that we have. We got an emergency fund in case of some emergency tree goes through the roof, medical emergency. We got that covered. We've started saving for the kids' college. Day they were born, we went to an account we got that few we got it covered we might not make the most money in the world we might not drive the flashiest car might not have the biggest house but we're in a really 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 good spot the brewers are adults okay craig council is an adult i've seen david ross and david bell now throw tantrums versus milwaukee david bell went out and made a scene yesterday and i don't entirely blame him he was frustrated with the ump the ump sucked okay And I get that some managers go out there, try to make a statement, try to fire their team up. I think mostly that's an old-fashioned way about thinking about baseball. I don't think the manager going out and getting ejected gets the team excited. I think it's, you know, it's dramatic. It's entertaining for folks, but I don't really know what good it does at the end of the day. I don't want counsel ejected. I want him making the decisions. I want him pulling him the strings. And I've seen David Ross melt down, get pissy, get thrown out, make it about himself, put on a show. David Bell is what? Craig Council's just sitting in the dugout. He'll bark every once in a while at the ump when he has to. But I think of Greg Gard. I-, I watched Greg Gard this year coach against Fran McCaffrey, who got double-teched in their first game, and the Badgers won the game because of that. The Ohio State coach did much of the same, and there's another coach who did it as well, but I can't remember. Jawan Howard, he didn't try to punch a guy this year, right? He's done so many out-of-pocket things. I, I, they all start to blend together. I can't, I can't remember. Craig Council's an adult. Devin Williams has become an adult. He's really taken a step this year. You know, he punched a wall a couple of years ago. I don't think he handled the hater trade the best last year. It was an awful situation, and he had every right to be frustrated. But I don't know. To the cameras, to the reporters, let's button it up a little bit. Let's be a little bit more professional. Let's be a good spokesman for the organization. And publicly seem like everyone's pulling in the same direction. He didn't do that. Devin Williams has become an adult this year. Devin Williams, he elected not to pitch in the All-Star game. Then he comes out of the All-Star break and can pitch three straight games, get three straight saves, and his team really needed it. Look at that. That decision to not pitch in the All-Star game directly affected winning over the last three days in a series the Brewers had to have. Had to have it against the Reds. And Devin Williams is available three straight days. Now he's got an off day today to help recover. I don't know that it'll be available tomorrow. But the off day combined with the extra break during the all-star break because he elected not to pitch really mature as an adult adult decision from Devin Williams. Yelich is an adult. He seemingly wrapped his arms around everything this season and he seems focused on making an impact. It's not, oh, I suck. Oh, I'm bad. Oh, I'm not hitting 40 home runs. Well, let's start slapping some singles, turn those singles into doubles. Maybe hit a home run every once in a while, make get on base, get walks, get steals. He's focused on making an impact this year any way that he can. He's an adult. The Brewers aren't the most stacked team in baseball. I don't think they're the most stacked team in the division. I don't think they're that much better than the Cubs or the Cardinals or the Reds or the Pirates. 
but they're the adult team in the NL Central. They're the adult team in this division. And what do you know? The Brewers, as a result, are 20-9 and against division opponents, which is second-best in division play, only to Atlanta, who's beaten everyone, mostly because Orlando Arce has been tremendous. They're 22-6 and in the AL East. Brewers are an adult team. That's why they're winning. That's why they're in first place. And the Reds had their fun. The Pirates had their fun earlier this year. The Cubs had such a bad stretch where I I thought the Cubs were going to have their two-week stretch where it looked like they were going to have their fun, but they kind of played themselves out of it. The Brewers are the adult team in this division, and that's why they currently lead this division by two games, and they're just roundhousing the Reds before and after the All-Star break. Not normally a time the Brewers excel. They normally slide going into the All-Star break. The opposite was true this year, so maybe a bit of growing up. The organization became more of an adult organization, realizing that we can't just slide into the all-star break this year. It's an adult team. That's why they're winning the division. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's take a three-minute break. Come back, talk more Brewers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, talking Brewers. We swept the Reds this weekend. That's awesome. And after last week, you know, we talk about the ESPYs, talking about the All-Star break. What's it? Oh, the Northwestern coach got fired last week. Very, very slow week of sports talk. Today, it's, it's like Christmas morning. Showing up to the studio, all the presents under the tree. Jesse Winker even banged one off the wall. Mike in Colorado texts in about Winker. Says, do you think Winker is auditioning for his job this trip? If he doesn't perform, Hira comes up. Then if Hira doesn't work, they deal for legitimate first baseman. We'll talk about the idea of the Brewers acquiring a first baseman or a DH. The idea of them being aggressive, aggressive, as Giannis would say, at the trade deadline. Talk about that. Coming up in just a little bit. uh, Winker, I don't know what to tell you about Winker. Yeah, every day should be an audition for his job. He's very lucky the Brewers don't have any any better options at this point all right we have jammed phone lines my goodness we got like four or five people waiting here so let's get to it let's not waste any time cone roller is here 608-321-1670 what's up cone hey grant it's been a little bit how you doing it's it's been good uh last week uh, was well it wasn't the same without you cone what was going on well you know in, in our industry a lot of people a lot of hosts take off for the week you know with uh, right? the all-star break so you know i was just kind of <laughs> in that group as well so good to be back you know thanks to all the other callers for keeping the seat warm but you know i'm back uh what'd you think of what'd you think of brewers reds this weekend oh that was that i think that was the brewers reintroducing themselves to the nl central they might not be the the you know the the braves they might not be the elite but they're still better than the reds and the pirates and the cubs for crying out loud yeah i mean it's it's a solid series win. I mean, to not allow a single run is, has that been done before? I mean, that is crazy to me. Um, you know, there's been other hosts and other people saying that they'll take the Brewers pitching over the Reds offense any day. And I agree a hundred percent. Well, good pitching beats good offense. Doesn't it? Do we, do we believe in that? I don't know that that's true every time, but I think most of the time I would rather take good pitching and the Brewers right now, it's not just good starting pitching. Maybe Corbin Burns is set to have like a, a really awesome second half after being so, so in the first half, it's not just the starting pitching. It's the bullpen. Like these guys, they're turning Yoel Piams and Elvis Pagaro into elite relievers. 
Yeah, I think it's it's kind of what we saw in the All Star game too. You know, it was it final three to two, and um, you know pitching just dominated. And I think that's just this current state of baseball. You can bring these guys in fresh. Um, big shout out to Devin Williams. You know, I've been one of his harshest critics. I think this year, just calling him soft. Mm-hmm. But to go out there three games in a row and shut it down and kind of demanding the ball, yeah, credit to him. I, I agree. So I thought, I'll, leave I, my, I'll leave my words on that a little bit. Devin Williams, I thought, grew up a little bit in this last week. I was really impressed with him this weekend. Amen. Unlike Tyler Wall, but, you know, it's good to see Devin Williams actually grow up. Dude, you – why am I, like, weirdly excited when Badgers basketball is is back? I, I There's something weird. I really enjoy Badgers basketball talk on this show. And it's not because they're my favorite team or my favorite sport. I don't even like college basketball that much. It's just college basketball talk with the few callers that get really into it, and you're one of them. It's just so electric. Oh, my God, yeah. You get the, the true degenerates that are watching a, a Tuesday night in January, there you, you know, go. Maryland, Wisconsin road game. There you go. Well, did you have a good week off last week, at least when you weren't calling? Yeah, I did. I uh, was actually north of eight this past yes. weekend for a long weekend. And, you know, I was up there with another person who, who has the cabin up there. And we both agreed, you know, north of eight, life is great. And we, tr- we tried to convince some of the casuals who were considering, you know, Castle Rock Lake to be nor- up north. But no, that's just not, that's just saying it. Up north is a place. It's not a mindset. Thank you, Cohn. Appreciate you. Happy to have you back. Thanks for the call. Yep. Yep. Good to be back. And thanks for keeping the seat warm. Yeah. Shut up. I appreciate you, Cohen. Glad you had a nice week off last week. All right. We got a couple guys on hold. A couple callers. Don't want to assume. We have a couple. Maybe Brendan Madison's calling to talk brewers. I don't know. Don't want to assume. I'm just going to go line two. I'm no particular order. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Mike from Chippewa Falls. What's going on, Mike? How was your weekend? It, my my weekend was great. I had the grandbabies all day Saturday, and Saturday night we went to see Sticks, and they were awesome Ooh. at the fair. And uh, they were asking if anyone had been there in nineteen. They were in there in nineteen seventy seven, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. That was quite a gift. They were at, the, at their peak. Oh yeah. In those days, and uh, they asked anybody in the audience had been there, and like a dozen people raised their hand, including my wife. She was there, but uh, yeah, and then. I, I wouldn't if if you would have bet me a million dollars that the Brewers would have won won two shutouts and a come from behind victory in one series. Oh man, I would I would have been I'd be busted. I'd be yeah prison right. Yesterday awesome. felt like a freebie. I, I you know we got to the fifth yeah. sixth inning yesterday. I'm like, all right, they're due for a loss. They're due for yeah. you know a game where the bullpen struggles. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to come back and steal yesterday's game that that took a, a good weekend to a great weekend. I didn't expect that yesterday. Oh, I know. Plus, my man Martin Truex Jr. won the NASCAR race. Oh, no kidding. Until today, I guess. But I I couldn't watch it. They don't have cable. I've seen I've seen one one and a half Brewers games this year, and like. Six NASCAR races, so I'm kind of depressed about that. But I'm a Denny Hamlin man. We're a FedEx household, so we're a Denny Hamlin household. Oh, are you really? Yeah. yeah I mean, when I watch Daytona every year, the, yeah, I'll oh. cheer for Denny Hamlin, but that's about as far as my racing really? fandom goes. That's so weird because he's my least favorite driver. A lot of people <laughs> say that. A lot of people. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the sponsor, to be to be honest. I'm a FedEx yeah. guy. Uh, Denny Hamlin just happens to wear the logo, so I'll pull for the guy. Oh. Yeah, Truex always has like Bass Pro Shop and 
mm-hmm. uh, a lot several different things I like. So, yeah, so it was a sports-wise great weekend, family-wise great weekend. It was, uh, yeah, and today I, I'm, re- I'm retired. I'm just enjoying the weather. Hell, yeah. yeah. Life is good. Life is good, I don't live above Highway 8, but it's it's wow. not too bad around here. Either. Yeah, you're you're closer than me, though. Life's pretty good where you are as well. I'm going to hit a couple more callers, Mike, before we take a break. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Bye. Mike in Chippewa Falls. Uh, a lot of people at concerts this weekend. Foo Fighters were in Milwaukee. Ebo is at Post Malone's. That was one of the best shows he's ever seen at Alpine Valley. And Mike taking in sticks, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. It's good, to, it's good to see the show community getting out there. We're not just sports. We're bigger than sports, although Mike was dialed into the Brewers as well. Yeah, yesterday felt like a freebie. I did not expect the Brewers to come back and win yesterday. That, was, that took, again, a good weekend, made it a great weekend. One more call, 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Darnell. Darnell, what's going on? Uh, it's pretty good. I've been in Montana for the last two weeks, so <gasps> I haven't really Wait. been around oh. either. Well, you and Cohen taking some time off. I'm going to be in Montana. Two weeks from today will be the start of my, my week off. I'll be out in my, Where are you in Montana? I I was in Glacier uh, up there in Kalispell. You son of a gun. How was it? It was fantastic. Yeah, Perfect I mean, time of year. What are you going to say? It sucked. No, of course it was great. It's Montana. And it's a summer vacation. Well, that's awesome. I'm happy to have you back. You came back. At a good time, the Brewers just took, what, five of six from the Reds, and now they're in first place. Life is good here, too, and in Montana, and North Highway 8. I I left, and they were down two and a half games, and then I came back, and they were uh, up a game. I was like, wow, uh, I need to leave more often, take more vacations. I would agree. I think we all need to take more vacation. Well, hell, if Cone Roller, Cone Cone Roller's not even on the payroll. He's not just a caller. Nobody's just a caller. Let me redact that. Cone took a vacation last week from calling the show as if it is his career, which I th- which his commitment to this is great. I don't know if that's how it works, but I'm glad everyone is taking some much deserved, much needed time off this time of year. Well, and also, what are you supposed to talk about during All Star break? Just truth. Well, thank you know? thank God Northwestern fired their coach, gave us something to talk. About. That's a that's a joke. I'm kidding. I didn't even have well, like, that. Yeah, got us like 15 minutes of content tops. I'm like, am I supposed to comment on the laundry list of mechanical issues in Miller Park? You know, like, I, I don't care. We tried. So, dude, but we tried on Friday. We we talked about it for two and a half hours. The the moving roof parts and that we, we were Googling how much a, an industrial boiler costs. We You joke, but we were all over it, Darnell. Is that, do, do you call that, is, is that like good content? I, I. Um. Well, gee, or is, it, is that just like I and I don't mean that in a bad way. I no, mean like I, like there's nothing else to talk about at this point in the summer. Like that's a tough week. I could have done a blow by blow of the ESPYs. We could have gone down the the awards and the nominees oh, and everything. That is so so much worse. I, I oh, think so goodness. too. I, I would rather talk about stadium funding and look up industrial boiler prices and talk about the ESPYs. Although the Lauren and Drew Holiday did get a really cool award, the Humanitarian Award. That was dope. But w- what am I going to say? Uh, that was again ten minutes of content. So last week was slow. You showed up at a good time. Yeah. Thank goodness. <sighs> well, anyways, anything else to add before I let you go? We're going to take a break. No, I'm I'm pretty much content. <laughs> Thanks, Darnell. <laughs> Have a good one. Yeah. Be much content. Well, I'm glad Darnell took some time off. Cohen took some time off. I'm glad. Now we're back. We can talk about the Brewers sweeping the Reds. Let's talk about this bullpen. What got into these guys? 
couple of months ago, I'm like, ah, Piguero, he's fine. Yoel Piams, he's fine. You know, put him in the right spot. He can be successful. This bullpen is unbelievable. What they did to the Reds over the last six games. Let's talk about that. The bullpen, the individual arms in the bullpen, the man at the helm managing the bullpen, Craig Council. Let's discuss all those things next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I didn't go anywhere. I don't mean back as if I'm I'm back from somewhere, although Cone took a one-week vacation. It sounds like Darnell was in Madison for two weeks. No, I mean back talking about actual games. Feels like Christmas morning. I walked into the studio today. There's presents under the tree, proverbially speaking. There's games. We have games to talk about. The Brewers didn't just go to Cincinnati, win two of three, hold their own. Oh, no, 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 no. They won the first two, shut out. And then yesterday, it was a freebie. That's what I said. It was a good weekend before yesterday. I kind of expected not things to come crashing back down to earth because I don't think Friday and Saturday were outliers. The Brewers have a really good pitching staff and a manager that's really good at walking a one-run tightrope. I just figured that the offense was down for a bad day or up for a bad day. They They were due for a bad day, and maybe the bullpen was due for a bad day, and no, they stole yesterday's game as well, coming from behind. So a lot of good things, a lot of positives, including the bullpen. I got a tweet here from, I love Brewers Twitter, uh, Mil Rocky Balboa, <laughs> um, who says, and this is an excellent point, Hobie Milner keeping a one-run lead or deficit for multiple innings needs to be talked about more. He's been terrific. Yeah, Hobie Milner doesn't just come in and 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 hold runners, and, and often he's the guy that comes in with guys on the bases. No, he'll come in and he'll pitch two innings. He'll pitch an inning and two-thirds, an inning, and like he'll come in to end one inning and then pitch the next inning. His versatility is something that I, I don't think we talk about often enough. So thank you for pointing that out. We can talk about some of these other relievers as well. First, let's talk about, let's talk with Corey from Marshall, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Corey? Good afternoon, early evening, Grant. Good afternoon, doing? good evening, Corey. So I was called last week and we were chatting about this series of games coming up and I remember saying that I thought they'd do pretty well against, or no, I thought they'd maybe go like 500 or slightly above against the Reds, so they're trending pretty well starting off with a sweep. That's really going to help them with this kind of series of games this month because kind of the consensus was this is probably going to be making or breaking you know, the division at least, I yeah. think. And I mean, they played these close games this past weekend and taking into account what we said last year after they traded Hader and you had a very apt quote because I tend to use it still oh. this is an unserious move by an unserious team Yep. so what I'm wondering is I want to ask you your thoughts on what would convince you or do you think they're turning towards being more of a serious adult team as you noted yeah. Versus last year being somewhat, well, frankly, it was, we won't re- rehash it. We've gone over that road too many times, but what are your thoughts on that? Kind of looking out between now and the end of this month, at least, between like now and the trade deadline. I just think that they have 
taken big steps like Devin Williams, for example. You know, Cone has been on this. Cone, Cone our, our caller, Cone Roller, back at 420, he started bringing up this last year. He's like, Devin Williams is a little too whiny. He needs to grow up a little bit. I'll give Devin Williams all the credit in the world for really taking ownership of that Brewers closer role. You can't be punching walls when you're the closer of a Major League Baseball team, right, Corey? Like, this is a very cowherd take. It's like, I can't have my quarterback in a police video, Baker Mayfield. I can't have my closer punching walls. I need a more serious adult person, a trustworthy, mature person in that spot. Devin Williams said, I don't want to pitch in the All-Star game. I want to be as fresh as possible. And he was rewarded. He got to pitch three straight days asking for the ball yesterday. That's a big step in the right direction, maturity-wise. And I think Craig Council's been there, done that before. David Ross, David Bell haven't. The Reds haven't done it. The Pirates are young. I think the Brewers' biggest advantage is not their roster. I, I think all the rosters in the NL Central are pretty comparable. I think it's that they're mature, they're grown up, they have their best players and, and their resources allocated to the most important, uh, the most uh, yeah, the most important positions. That's what I think the difference is. And I think they've taken leaps and bounds since last year with the hater trade, when everything just kind of felt like a clown car. Yeah, it did feel like a clown car. That's a, another apt comparison. So. I've been kind of trending down on the Brewers most of the season. I've probably been kind of almost like the crypt keeper, fair or bad news. But I'm cautiously interested here now moving forward the rest of this month to see what they do and if they can kind of keep this going because Rowdy's made some good points about the other teams in the NL Central that for them, for some of the ones that are in the trailing position, they have to win two-thirds of their games or 75% of their games to get to where kind of like the Brewers are now, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And really, you look at the Reds, are really the only one that's like kind of still there creeping out in the distance. I saw they just called up another one of their prospects, I think, today to take the place of some guy that they got to put on in the injured reserve, so, or you got to put in the IL or whatever. So it, it'll be interesting to see, like, okay, all those guys that are really young on the Reds, if they are able to keep up, like, a high standard of performance once you start getting into, like, these dog days of August, and everybody's kind of got a book on them because you look at L.A. Daily Cruz, and we we're all like, Neville mentioned it this morning, he was like the best thing since sliced bread mm-hmm. last week. I'm at that game, he's stealing three bases, and it's like, here we go again. Yeah. Then this weekend, I think he was, what, 0 for 12? He was 0 like for that, 12 but... or 1 of 11 or something. Shut him down completely. I mean, Adrian Hauser was getting him to swing and miss for strikeouts with high fastballs yesterday when i saw that yesterday i actually i texted ben kenny because i miss him but i'm also like hey if adrian hauser is going to be getting ellie de la cruz's strikeout with a high fastball this is this team is back this team is a hundred percent back so yeah they they did a really good job with de la cruz this weekend for sure so speaking of young ben are you going to have some on site like from the from the mouthpiece of the fan calling in this week since they're playing the Phillies? I think so. so. He he told me that recording. he might go to all three games this week because, wow. you know, I, I think he's got a soft spot in his heart for the Brewers. He was at the game yesterday. I saw with the big rain delay, and I said, hey, you know, me and Bill would love to have you to talk Brewers-Phillies, so I, I think we're going to get oh, him at go. some point this week, and I will replay that interview on this show whenever it happens. Okay. Awesome. Well, as you noted, like a professional team, an adult team, serious team, they make those kind of adjustments to guys that are rookies once yeah. they have some time to really get to sit down and get into the video room, as we say in the, in the business, right, and start doing some studying <laughs> yeah, and film doing room. some looking at things like Ted Thompson, want to get in the dark room and just watch film the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a 
next couple weeks, let's buckle in. Yeah. They can do it. We said, really Corey, we so. said it. If they take care of business against the Reds, then they don't need to have a lot of success against the Braves and, and the Phillies and some other good teams. I know the Phillies aren't winning a ton of games, but I think they're a talented team. They took care of their business against the Reds and then some, so they bought themselves some breathing room. I got one more caller I got to get to, Corey. I don't want to make him sit on hold too long. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for the call, Corey. Love you. Appreciate you. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Ed. What's going on, Ed, you son of a gun? How's the weight room? Uh, it's it's heavy. Good, good. I Oh, oh Ed, Ed, by the way, I, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my gym membership set up this week. And today on my lunch break, right when Bill's show was done, I went to a shoe store and I bought a new pair of running shoes because I, I've been running a little bit. But all my shoes suck, and I'm not old, but I've realized that age 25, I just can't throw on any old pair of shoes and go for a run because my legs hurt. So I went, and I, right. I, I bought a nice pair of Asics, and I'm ready to hit the road tonight when the show's done. I can't wait. Nice. You're getting on the right path, my friend. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, and, and you through your, you and Gasper's motivation, hitting the gym together. Yes. Yes. He, he rubs off on me, too, man. It, it, it's a two-way street. He's a motivational son of a, son of a bean, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Well, listen, you know, when you did a show here probably about three weeks ago, you were talking about um, the lead being on what file, the file. Are we going to send them down the river file or are we going to stay with them file? And I think you put me on, I know I said I'm on the file that we're going to not, we're going to ride this ship. Oh, so, are you talking about the Dunn Club? No, I didn't put your name Dunn in the Dunn Club. Club. I remember you specifically no. not wanting to go in the Dunn Club. No, and I said my specific reason why was because I was really happy with how the bullpen was starting to show life, and they were starting to show some, some. Well, let's just say they they grew a spine, and and I think the guy before you know, calling about you know corner roller talking about uh, Devin Williams, he he got major street cred, man, doing what he did this weekend. Yep. Yep. And I yep. think that's the key. This is the key. This could be, I said it, I said I think this could be the best bullpen in the National League if they keep going. And I, they kind of let me down just a tad after I made that comment, but then they pulled it out. They pulled it out again. And um, I, I tell you, you, I was really upset that I let Boxberger go last year. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought he was really a calming influence on that bullpen. He was, a, I, he was a wily Miller. vet that had been around the block. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and now that Milner is starting to show his wiliness, and then Piops and Pagaro, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm telling you, who would have ever thought this was going to happen? I think Pagaro and Piops are both really good examples of how this Brewers organization, they identify relievers elsewhere in the league and say, hey, if we get this guy and we just make mm-hmm. this one little tweak they're going to be great and we can turn them into a great reliever that we can control and that we don't have to spend big money on. And and I have some stats and I have some specific details about those two that I want to mention. And I'll do that in a couple of minutes, but yeah, you're right about this bullpen. And it's not just the guys that come in with a one run lead. It's Hobie Milner or Bryce Wilson who come into a game like yesterday's game where the Brewers are down by one run or two runs and they got to hold it there just to give the offense another chance in the eighth, another chance in the ninth to mount to come back. They held that lead yesterday and the offense was able to come back and, and win him a game because of it. So let's not forget about the Hobie Milner and the Bryce Wilsons of the world. Now I'm telling you, I won't keep you much longer, but I'm going to tell you for council should get, well, he should get some award because let's talk about this for just one second. Woodruff is gone. 
easement hurts. Uh-huh. You are you you have pitchers come and go out of that rotation, and I'm telling you, um, for him to put this piecemeal this uh, bullpen together like they have in the starting unit, I tell you, I I don't think the Brewers have ever done this good with their pitching staff. <sighs> It's really impressive. The best. I mean, yeah, it is impressive, but you have to think about the injuries. We've never had as many injuries that I can think of off the top of my head. Look, and uh, I'm just, um, yeah, I think he's just shown how good of a manager he is. I do get upset with him sometimes because it seems like he doesn't seem to go outside the box sometimes, but I think he's been showing that he is willing to do it. So, um, you know, like hit and run, small ball. Yeah. I mean, look at these games they've won the last couple of days. one nothing, three, four to 3 and then, you know, not by a lot of runs. I mean, they're winning these games um, nip, nip and tuck, but that bullpen is what's obviously. I'm speaking to Edward, the choir here. We all know how great this is, and we're right now drinking the Kool-Aid of how great this team is. Just I want them to just get a bat in that lineup that gives them, now that they've lost to Les, to a freak accident. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy what happened to him. Again. Wow. So, Any, anytime you have a chance to go really hard as as a center fielder shagging balls in practice as a fat first baseman, you got to do it. I mean, you just got to go all out to jam your hand I'm, into a wall. I, I, I'm just trying to envision that, and that just seems so crazy. That's worse than punching a hole in the wall. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's it's anyway. it's a it's a weird cousin of punching a hole in the wall. It's like yeah, what it's are you? A cousin. It's not as reckless and it's not as dumb, but it's also like. Why are you what what I mean whatever he needs a break anyways so get a long reset we'll let Owen Miller play first base I'll actually give Owen Miller some credit he's improved defensively yeah, and kind of stabilized over there I, I'm I'm off ripping on him now we will only rip yeah. on Jesse Winker that's fine we've moved on to Jesse Winker we've we've gone from uh, whoever we oh we've run from ripping Rowdy Telez to ripping Owen Miller and Luis Urias <laughs> and now we've moved on to Winker that's fine it just we shift yeah. the blame elsewhere. <laughs> I got a great idea for Telez. He can go buy some running shoes with you and then start running and then I mean, get in shape Whoa. by his on break. You know, you know, he can lose some weight. It would really help benefit him. Well, he seems to want to play center field like Carlos Gomez crashing into the wall, so I guess I'll help him drop some weight. Appreciate you, Ed. I got to run. I got to take yeah, one more break be here. Safe, buddy. Yeah. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye. You have a great night, Ed. Appreciate you. Have a great lift with David Gasper tomorrow, who we'll talk to tomorrow night. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Always love talking to that son of a gun. Uh, Ed's lifting partner, which one day we need a long, but we need a sit-down interview. We might need to get Gasper in studio to talk about exactly how that pairing became a thing at the weight room. But, Ed, if you're calling in to get someone to disagree with you about Craig Council and the great job he's doing, you you got to call a different number because I'm, I'm certainly not going to disagree. You're preaching to the Craig Council choir, okay? I, I'm, I'm the choir leader. I'm the conductor of the CCC, the Craig Council choir here the Wisco Sports Show studios. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, talk bullpen, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'm trying to craft the perfect Devin Williams tweet because I think a lot of people would agree that Devin Williams has taken a big step even in the last week or so. Because Devin Williams up until this point, the way I see it, the way I see him, and please disagree and correct me if you think I'm wrong because I'm not trying to be unfair here. Devin Williams the last couple of seasons, uber talented, 
unbelievable changeup, great stuff, very effective reliever. I think of him punching a wall in 2021 and significantly damaging his team's ability to go on a playoff run as the second most important reliever on the team next to Josh Hader. And then I think of last year when the team trades Josh Hader, and I understand that trade was dumb, and and he had every right to think it was dumb, and I said it was dumb over and over again, but I don't play for the Brewers. I'm on the radio. I'm some loser with a microphone. Devin Williams is a Brewer. He is the Brewers. And I know that he was frustrated about the hater trade. They were shocked and flabbergasted. Everyone in the locker room was. But to come out in that press conference and be mopey and be depressed, we all saw that. All of his teammates saw that. Reporters saw that. The whole Brewers complex and everyone involved saw and heard that. And I just give him a ton of credit over the last week or so, stepping up, getting the job done and locking games down when his team really needed it against the Reds, saying, I don't want to pitch in the All-Star game. I want to be fresh for my team, getting a full week rest, coming out pitching Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, high leverage moments, asking for the ball, demanding the ball yesterday. And really, I think he's gone from young, talented player with a bright future. And I'm not questioning his character. I'm not questioning his character. Let's get some maturity. Let's get some... I am a leader of this team. I'm one of the most important players on this team. I'm going to act like it and carry myself in a a manner that reflects my role and my importance to to my team and my teammates. I think he's done that, and I really like watching him being rewarded with really good results over the weekend, and I think that's a sign of things to come. Love what I'm seeing from Devin Williams. He's an adult. He's a grown man, and I think the Brewers are winning this division not because they're way more talented than the Reds, or even the Cubs, or the Pirates, or even the Cardinals. I think all these teams are pretty similar. Now, Pirates and the Reds are a little younger, so that's different. But I don't think the Brewers and the Cardinals, I don't think much separates them. Maybe a little talent, pitching certainly, but maturity. The Brewers are the adult team. They're taking care of business. They're winning the division games, winning close games. Adult things. That's why the Brewers lead the Central. More Wisco Sports Show next. Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Got a tweet here from Jerry, who I believe listens on stream in Milwaukee. I know this because anytime the stream is not working, Jerry will let me know. Thank you, Jerry. He tweets in at Wisco Grant says, I love your love of Craig Council. He is a clinician. Well, damn straight, Jerry. Uh, Let's talk about Craig Council for a minute before we continue the show. A lot of Brewers fans rip on Council for things that have nothing to do with Council. They, they, They put their frustrations about their Brewers team that's hurt them their entire life. All those frustrations, all the way back to 1982 and all the lean years where this team has just been awful. Brewers fans take all their frustration with the team and the organization and they lay them at the feet of Craig Council because, to be honest, they don't know where else to lay those frustrations. And Craig wears it like a soldier. He knows it's part of the job. Uh, But I just want to be the one 
ideally I don't want to be the only one, but if I, I need to be, I will stand alone and preach the gospel at Craig Council because we should think of him and history should remember him as one of the finest managers of this era, which is why he's been employed so long. And sure, being a former brewer and being from this area doesn't hurt. I mean, what else do you guys need to see? The people who think he's Craig Clownsell for that crowd. What more do you need to see? He's taken Elvis Peguero and Yoel Piamps and Holby Milner and Bryce Wilson. He's he's winning 1-0 games repeatedly against a team that leads the Brewers by a game in the division. Gotta have a games, must win games. And Craig Council's walking the tightrope with relievers that most casual baseball fans have never heard of in their life. That's Craig Council. He's a clinician. You're dang right, Jerry. Thanks for the tweet, and thanks for listening, as always. Appreciate you. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. 608-321-1670, if you'd like to call the show. Some really good calls. Cohen Roller is back after taking a a vacation. (laughs) Taking a vacation. Well, he took some time away, as he said, as as we do in this industry. Uh, Yes, we do. This is a time of year where we take time off. Thank you, Cohen. I'm glad you're back. Same with Darnell, who is out in Montana. Appreciate all the calls. Corey and Marshall and Mike and Chippewa Falls. Appreciate all you guys. And uh, I want to keep talking Brewers all the way till 6 o'clock. I've waited all weekend for this. I'm so amped. I'm so excited about this Brewers team that now leads the division. And I don't think it's because they're more talented. I don't think it's because they have a much better offense. They hit more home runs. I think their pitching staff is very good. But I don't think any of the teams in the Central are that much better or worse than another. I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals roster is 11 and a half games worse than the Brewers. I think the Brewers are 11 and a half games more mature, more organized. I think they're 11 and a half games smarter. I think Craig Council is 11 and a half games smarter than Ali Marmol. This Brewers team is an adult team. We were just talking about Devin Williams. The way that he's gone from a really talented setup guy who punches walls and, you know, bemoans the hater trade publicly, he's gone from that guy to the same talented pitcher, probably better. I think he's gotten even better. He's embraced the closer role. And, and as Cowherd says, and he said of, of Baker Mayfield for years, can't have my quarterback in a police video. I, I'm going to say, I can't have my closer punching walls. And it seems like Devin Williams has come a long way in the last two years, matured, realized his importance to this team as the anchor in the back end. Yoel Piams, Elvis Piguero, Hobie Milner, Bryce Wilson, none of it works without him. And I think he's realized that. And and sitting out the all-star break was just a small piece of that. But look, I mean, that's a decision that might be worth a win and a win against the Reds that decided the tiebreaker for the season and, and put them up in the division by a full two games. It's mature. That's adult behavior. That's big boy behavior. And that's Devin Williams realizing his worth and realizing his place and his role on this Brewers team. 608-321-1670. Take another call. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Richie. How's it going? Richie and Eau Claire, you son of a gun. It's brewer season when you know Richie is calling in. It's going good. How about you? That's right. Good, good. You you did steal my thunder a little bit because uh, the guy that I was going to talk about was uh, Owen Miller and the job that they have done with him. So I'm glad that you called because I got a tweet last night. Someone tagged me in something. And I think it was I think it was Mick because I had been ripping on Owen Miller a little bit the last couple of weeks. And Richie, if you've been listening, you know. I think Owen Miller deserves a lot of credit for stabilizing over at first base. Not going to act like he's the best first baseman in the world, but it seems like he's really settled in and given them enough offensively and and kind of saved what's well, a catastrophe over there because they're not getting much from DH, much from first base, and Owen Miller's been okay. I, I don't think I don't think the the issues that plague the offense are the fault of Owen Miller. Let's just say that. 
Right. And, and defensively, you know, like those first two games after Rowdy first went on the IL, um, I'm watching these games and I'm going, oh, my God, they, like they've got a like we don't even have anybody left in the minors. Like, what are we going to do at first base? Cause yeah. This is not feasible until Rowdy can come back and how Rowdy's going to be out even longer. But by game three, I think they might have had an off day there and they came on the air and on TV. They're talking about like all the work they put in defensively and it showed instantly and he has i mean i'm not saying he's a gold glover at first base but the just the the difference in how he was playing first base was so yeah. apparent and he's just he's making picks like just last night there was another play where where willie had to back up on a ball that was just really bouncing like choppy and bounced really high on him and he had to time it out and make a quick throw and, you know, Willie is really good at uh, making that throw where it's intended to bounce once. Yeah, which and, if you're an everyday first baseman, you understand. But Owen Miller kind of filling in, that's probably something a little bit harder to wrap your mind around and, and your glove around, you know. Right. But Owen ha- has been doing such a great job of of putting the work in off on off days or before games, whatever, to, to really improve his defense to where he's no longer a liability. I mean. You know, like when they tried that with Keston Hura, Keston Hura did not put that all together, where Owen Miller in a very short time span has has been able to really, really improve his defense to the point where really like the only difference I see between him and Rowdy defensively is that on some of those throws, he just doesn't have the wingspan that Rowdy does. Rowdy just has, you know, he's just a big body and has a big wingspan where he can really reach for some of those where Owen's, you know, he's a little bit shorter. He just can't, he doesn't quite have that, uh, that wingspan, that reach. But, you know, offensively, he's been con- more consistent than than Rowdy. He may not have the power, quite the power, but, you know, he's he's been getting, even when he, his batting average wasn't great, he was actually one of the few guys on the team getting hits with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I, I so, Richie, I've kind of had this problem this year um, where at first I was really angry for a couple weeks about Luis Urias. And I'm just like, this guy, you just, you know what I mean? It's not personal. It just it feels right. like we've been trying this with Luis Urias, and we'll have good moments and bad. It doesn't feel like we're going anywhere with Luis Urias. And then they send him down. Okay. And then they put Owen Miller at first base. I'm like, well, this is a disaster because we're building our, our team around pitching and defense. We can't have Owen Miller who's kicking the ball around at first base all the time. So then I got frustrated at him. But now he's, he's really, I give him credit. He's really stabilized over there. So now I've shifted my frustration to Jesse Winker. I still have the same amount of frustration. I'm just directing it at, at different people. Um, and I guess that's a good thing because that means that they're not, you know, trying to keep banging their head against the wall with Luis Arias and Owen Miller's starting to figure things out. But I, I don't know. I don't think Owen Miller deserves any blame from Brewers fans about the offense or about first base. He was never supposed to play a role this big, and he was, you know, never supposed to be the starting first baseman every day. I think he's done a good job since he's taken over. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's another one of these guys where it just seems like each year we find somebody off the you know i don't want to say the junk heat but you know bring them in as a utility a utility guy and they overachieve or you know at least exceed expectations and and he has done that and then some and you know filling in now at first base like just shows his worth that that you know this is a position he really hasn't played prior to this and now he's you know conceivably he's going to be getting quite a bit of extended time there i mean I can't imagine he's going to be there every single day. Like they've got to find somebody else to play for. Yeah. Days. But 
you know, Rowdy's shelves for quite a while now. And, and, and uh, as, as Dan Casper said on his show this morning, like there's not a whole lot of first base help out there anywhere no. unless you're, you know, you know, unless somehow the Mets were willing to, you know, steal somebody's farm system to send Pete Alonzo somewhere, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. I don't know what the Brewers ultimately do at the deadline. It's going to be hard to find a first baseman, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm just words some words of caution about the trade deadline. That's coming up in 15, 20 minutes. I just I oh, want to yeah. throw some cold water on the trade deadline talk. Just get out in front of it a little bit. <laughs> life in the Chippewa Valley, good. Before I let you go, I got to get to Brett and Tosa, who's on the line. But life in oh, the yeah, Chippewa Valley, good. Oh yeah, good up here. Awesome, love Eau Claire. Thanks, Richie. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. I'm sure. You bet. Richie in Eau Claire. He's on Twitter. Great. He's on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Great Twitter follow Richie up in Eau Claire uh, and one of our regular routine Brewers contributors on this show. Yeah, we'll talk about the deadline in a little bit. It's not as easy as we'll just trade for a first baseman. Well, I'm sure they'll try. I'm sure the Brewers will look into it. It might not be that easy. Now, finding a DH, that might be a little bit easier. Maybe finding one guy to move over here and then move a guy. Brewers like to do that. They like to find the guy who's a good value and then make the positions work. That's going to be a little bit harder this year because you're not moving Bryce Terang. You're not moving Willie Adamas. You know, you have guys that are entrenched at positions maybe a little bit more firmly than we've had in years past. So the trade deadline is going to be interesting. Let's talk to Brett Tosa, 608-321-1670. What's up, Brett? Hey, Grant. Haven't been able to listen to, to much of the show up until this point. That unfortunately, I've been I've become a morning after listener. Just to, just been busy, but I, I okay. had to find time to call in today after a heck of a series win this we sweep this weekend. Well, you're uh, and I saw it on the news, so I'm not trying to put you on blast and share your private life. You're you're a newish father. You got things going on. You can't listen every night. Morning after is just fine. Get caught up on on the Brewers talk of the night and you know, it's fine. Listen whenever you can, Brett, you know, when I love when you call though, I, I do love when you call selfishly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this weekend, I, I just, that had, that it was a major gut punch. It has to be in Cincinnati. I mean, a young team, the last six games, I mean, they, they finally, the Brewers, their strategy, they made some adjustments and the Reds hitters have not seen that. You see that with young hitters all the time. You come up, you have that initial surge, mm-hmm. and then now the Reds need to adjust back. And this was the Reds' chance to show the Brewers, hey, we're for real. I mean, you wouldn't, if you look back in 2018, there were countless series of the Brewers, you know, against the Cubs. Series you marked on the calendar and circled, and you're like, all right, you know, we're, we're showing these guys that we're not going anywhere. Yep. The Reds just had two chances, and it was just a massive fail. And it, just a heck of a performance by the Brewers. <sighs> You want to talk about the bullpen? Do you have, well, what specifically do you want to talk about? Because there's a couple of different things that we could address about this weekend. What specifically jumped out to you, and what have you been talking about with your fellow Brewers fans, friends? I guess, well, two things, but real quick, I, I've been harping on Corbin Burns, Christian Yelich, and Freddie Peralta really ever since Woodruff got hurt. And yep. I, I've been saying those three guys need to step up. And really, up until, he's been doing it for a while now, but up until the last couple of weeks, Corbin Burns and, and Freddie Peralta haven't done that. I I think that's one thing Brewers and fans need to step back and realize that, hey, those three guys are doing exactly what they need to. I mean, great Burns, his last three, four starts have been Cy Young-like, and obviously Yelly's been doing it for a while now. So those three guys, hats off to them for, for really putting a team on the back here recently. But the two things, one, the bullpen. I mean, 
Paguero, Piamps, Williams. I mean, you could throw Hope and Milner into that mix. Really, everyone. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that's going to be interesting going down the road here, down the stretch, is Council has never used a bullpen in my rep memory like he has right the last month or so. Okay. I mean, he's really pushed these guys probably because he's had to, because we're chasing, because we don't have an offense, because we're banged up, just so many close games. But you can't keep pushing guys like that. So how you know how does he ease up the workload? And how do they, frankly, can they sustain this production? Because Piamps and Williams specifically, I mean, they've those are two of the best relievers in baseball right now. Where does Uribe fit into this situation, this equation? Because the way the way I look at it, and I love watching Council manage a bullpen, right? I think some strategy has left baseball. We don't see bunting. Obviously, with the DH, we don't see the pinch hitting and the double switches. One area of strategy in baseball that I still really like watching, even in 2023, is watching how a manager navigates the bullpen. And I've watched Craig Council use Devin Williams and Piguero and Piomps and Milner and Bryce Wilson, and it seems like they've they've got this thing figured out, Brett. And now here comes Abner Uribe. Let's give Council a guy who throws 100 and add him into that equation. Could he be a big part of this in the second half, or is he you know up for a cup of coffee, and is this just a little bit of a taste? Because I think he could be a, a great weapon for this group and for Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, if all things go right and he, he's able to refine his his command here a little bit in the second half, then absolutely, because you I mean you know that he's got the stuff. I mean, yeah. That first inning in his debut, I mean, that was lights out. Personally, I don't I don't think he's there yet, and I think obviously they would love for, for that to happen, but I, I think he probably jumps on the shuttle back and forth to, to AAA like, like a Jake Cousins, a Peter Strzucki, who's uh, don't look up his AAA stats. He's getting crushed. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I don't think he's quite there yet. I could be wrong. I just I don't think he's going to be the Brandon Woodruff for Corbin Burns of, of 2018, a young prospect that comes up and is a major contributor. I just I he's got great stuff, but he walks a lot of guys, and that's mm-hmm. that's dangerous and high leverage. Um, the last thing is, and you kind of you kind of hinted about it is the trade deadline. Um, I don't know that I would agree with you that there's really not a lot of first base help out there. Um, I personally, I think you got to ride with Ruddy Telez. Now him being out for another three to four weeks really puts a damper on things. Yeah. Um, but I thought, I don't know if you saw it, but there was an article in Cincinnati that I thought was really interesting in that Corbin Burns was, was being interviewed by Cincinnati media kind of as a piece to highlight, you know, the red, competing for the central and yeah burns made some really interesting comments i thought about matt arnold having a presence in the clubhouse throughout the year and matt arnold and because of that players feeling um open to ask him questions and matt arnold has specifically told corbin burns he is not selling and he's buying up the deadline i don't know that that always happened i mean i think it's assumed in places right but i don't i yeah you just don't hear about it but I, I think that's really interesting, and I think they're going to be aggressive. I don't, I don't know that they're going to go out and get. Listen, Pete Alonzo, your last caller, I agreed with really everything he said. But um, th- I've seen some stuff on Twitter of people saying Pete Alonzo's out there. That that's not happening. No. The two names, two names that I would love that I don't think will happen are Justin Turner, who the Red Sox probably don't sell, mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, who I don't think the Cubs would ever trade with us. Yeah. But two more realistic. I, I think if you can get two of. Mark Kanya, who can play right field, DH, and first, and 
Randall Gritchick, who can play right in DH, mm-hmm. and then uh, Jimer Candelario, because personally I've had enough of the Brian Anderson experiment. Oh. Um, a hitter and a bullpen arm. I think this team really has everything it takes to get a healthy Brandon Woodruff, get in the playoffs, and, and see what happens. That's the goal. Just get another bite at the apple. I'm with you. I agree 100%, and there's so many different things that you just mentioned and talked about that I want to talk about in more detail, but I got to take a break first. Brett, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for the call. I know you're busy. Sounds good. Thanks, Brett. Brett in Tosa, becoming a morning after listener, joining the likes of LaCroix Butler, who is a podcast listener. Occasionally we get a call. I appreciate when Brett and Tosa, one of the finer brewer callers in the state, maybe the best brewer caller in the state, not to compare him against Richie or... You know, Binks, we haven't heard from Binks on the island in a while. I wonder what's up with Binks. He's just enjoying these wins on the island with a margarita. Yes, let's talk about the deadline. Let's talk about what the Brewers are doing at first base and Rowdy Tellez and, and all of the things. Yes, 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 yes. Brian Anderson, all the things that Brett just mentioned. Let's take a three-minute break. We're back after this on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome evening. Week is off to a good start. This kind of felt like a vacation day for me today. I'm not going to lie. Because I had to come into work. You know, line up some things for Bills Show. Sit here, chime in, provide witticisms, you know, stats here and there, and then do my show. And last week, I was like, hey, do all four hours of Bills Show, talk about stadium repair, take calls. A caller from Green Bay is mad. Oh, now a caller from Milwaukee who's mad at the caller from Green Bay. I Last week, a lot of heavy lifting last week, and it was great. It was fun. I'll host Bill's show anytime he's gone because any chance to do more radio and talk about more things and be on more stations. I'm all about it. You know I'm about it. But by the end of the week, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm almost sick of hearing myself talk, which is almost impossible, as you can imagine. Radio people do like hearing the sound of their own voice. By the end of last week, I'm like, I... I'm starting to get sick of the sound of my own voice. So today feels easy, especially when the Brewers sweep the Reds. They they shut them out three straight games and and did something that they haven't done since 2013. Unbelievable. Just got a call from Brett and Tosa at 608-321-1670. Excuse me, 608-321-1670. He said he's about ready to be done with the Brian Anderson experience. I agree for the most part, if Brian Anderson is healthy and he's at least a somewhat average hitter, I'm okay with him because I know that I can bank on him being an outstanding defensive third baseman. And this is me assuming, and you know what they say about assumptions, makes an ass out of both you and me. This is me assuming that those couple of errant throws two weeks ago or so were outliers. If I can bank on elite third base defense from Brian Anderson and an occasional hit every once in a blue moon, I'm okay with Brian Anderson. Just like I'm okay with Bryce Terang, for the most part, providing very little because he's got great defense at second base. 
right? The Brewers, like I said, are the adult team in this division, right? That's why they're in first place. They handle their stuff. They, they, they put money in their investment funds. They don't overspend on a brand new car, right? They, they drive an old car. They make sure the oils change. They're saving money for the future. They're, you know, they're, they're doing all the right things. They're the adult team in this division. They're a winning team, and they've proven that over the last couple of years. And I think winning teams are defined by what they have, not what they don't have. And I think Craig Council is very good at this. Craig Council knows that Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang have very inconsistent bats. Sometimes they have non-existent bats. Let's be real. Uh, inconsistent is sometimes being kind to Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang. They're rookies, but still, their bats are very, very inconsistent. But Council knows that Bryce Terang is insane on defense. They don't sweep Cincinnati without Bryce Terang's defense at second base the last two series. They just don't. He's unbelievable at second. And Joey Weimer, I mean, I'm not going to say he's unbelievable in center, but he doesn't really make mistakes out there, and he's got a massive arm. He plays a very good center field. And for a ninth hitter, for a guy at the bottom of the lineup anyways, okay, well, if I'm getting elite or very good center field defense, okay, Joey Weimer and Bryce Strang, don't tell me what they can't do. Tell me what they can do, which is probably the attitude that Craig Council is taking. You're never going to be dealt a perfect hand in life, ever. In sports, in your family, at work, in your leisure time, you're never going to be dealt a perfect hand. You're never going to be dealt a perfect hand. Successful people in life make the most out of what they have instead of dwelling on what they don't. A little life lesson with Grant here, 530 on a Monday evening. We're going to get deep. Okay, the 2019 Nationals are my favorite example of this. One of my favorite World Series champions, not just because they got off to a slow start. They're one of my favorite champions, despite the fact they beat the Brewers and you know the Trent Christian moment with Josh Hader and, and all that. That team had one, one honest-to-goodness reliever. And I am a staunch believer that you can't win a World Series without a good bullpen. And I don't think a bullpen is defined by just one reliever. It was Sean Doolittle, remember? A red-haired guy with the, with the glasses. He was their only good reliever. That's it. But Davey Martinez knew that he had a filthy rotation. Would have been Scherzer, Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, who was good for that year. And I think I'm forgetting one other guy, and you're probably in your car yelling the name. I hear you. There's another guy, and I'm forgetting him, and I'm sorry about that. But they had a filthy rotation and two massive, massive bats. Trey Turner was very good. Anthony Rendon was playing like an MVP that year. That team was defined by what they had. Not what they didn't have. Did I say that wrong? The team was defined by what they had, not what they didn't have. No, that's grammatically correct. Why did I doubt myself? I'll cut that out in the podcast. We'll clean that up in, in post. <laughs> this Brewers team and Craig Council is defining this roster, defining the way that he lines up the batting order in the field by what he knows his guys can do, not what they can't. Right? So Bryce Trang, he's not a great bat right now, not consistent. Unbelievable at second. We can build around that. Same with Joey Weimer. And that's kind of the same approach that I might take to Brian Anderson, mostly because I don't think there's a better option. It's either live with Brian Anderson's inconsistent bat as long as he can stay healthy and play a really, really good third base or sign up for more of the Luis Urias experience. Put your hand up if you're interested. Anybody? 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 No? Okay. That's, that's what I thought. So unless they want to acquire a third baseman or put Owen Miller over there and then address first base, but that's a whole other bag of chips i'm actually okay with the brian anderson experience assuming that he can still play elite third base and stay healthy but he had back issues last year in miami and now he's got back issues again 
So we'll see. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's talk about the trade deadline coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone. Having an awesome night. Talking Brewers. It's a dream tonight. This is awesome. Brewers swept the Reds. They shut him out twice. Devin Williams is he, he's the, the he's the man. He's assumed the role that the Brewers have wanted him to take. He's wrapped his arms around it. Said, I don't want to pitch in the all-star break. I want to have a little extra availability, a little extra fresh this weekend. I don't know why I'm tripping over my words. It just gets me so choked up. Might be worth a win. That decision to not pitch in the All-Star game might be worth a win after he pitched three straight games against the Reds. Three games they needed. It's not like they were slapping around the lowly Oakland Athletics, although that, you know, (laughs) they couldn't do that, so maybe that's a bad example. 608-321-1670. If you'd like to join me to talk Brewers, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Like I said, if you want to tweet me or DM me or uh, be involved in the show in any way. I was on... I produce Bill Michaels now from 10 to 2, and I was on with Bill earlier, and he was asking listeners about the biggest area of need for the Brewers. What's their biggest area of need? What do they need most? Their biggest weakness that needs to be addressed, maybe at the trade deadline, which is coming up in a few weeks. It's a rather easy question to answer. Right? The biggest area of need is first base and DH. They both suck. They are both e- equally needy positions. Middle of the order, because ideally DH and first base – they're hitting somewhere in the middle of the order, run-producing spots, right? Jesse Winker has been a zero. He got rung up on a high fastball yesterday, and then he stood there, and I don't know if he was giving the ump lip or if he was trying to make a point about the bad call, and if I was the umpire, I'd be like, what? You're hitting like 120, buddy. What do you got to say? What do you got to say? Go sit down. <laughs> Rowdy Telez has been a zero mid-May is when he cooled off. And now he broke his finger. This is Adam McAlvey's Twitter. Strange injury alert. Rowdy Telez fractured his left ring finger and required stitches after tearing off the nail bed when his hand got stuck in the outfield wall while shagging a fly ball on Saturday. So he won't come off the aisle on Tuesday as planned. Obviously. Well, you know, as a first baseman, anytime you get a chance to go out playing center field and Smash your hand into the wall. I guess you just, you got to take it. Brewer's biggest area of need, first base, DH. Clear and obvious. There's not a riddle there. What's not clear and obvious is how the Brewers address this area of need. How they go about it. And I know a lot of Brewers fans, a lot of baseball fans will just say, well, trade for a first baseman at the deadline. Acquire a first baseman at the deadline. I don't want to be that guy because I like being a fan. I like yelling. And, and being irrational about things. It's fun. That's why sports is fun. So I don't want to be that guy, but it's a lot easier said than done. Oh, just go trade for a first baseman. Well, a lot easier said than done. You got to think of Major League Baseball as a marketplace, okay? Let's look at the standings really quick. Let's see who might be sellers. Good on the board. Tampa Bay's leading the division. Baltimore one game behind. They're probably not selling. Toronto six game back. They're probably not selling. That leaves the Red Sox and the Yankees, which are both nine games back. But let's be real. They're the Red Sox and they're the Yankees. They're probably not going to sell. Maybe there's one team out of the East that sells, maybe two. Okay. In the Central, 
White Sox are the team that is in it that's farthest behind. The Royals are 21 back. The Royals are going to be sellers, but I don't think the Royals have anyone good worth selling. Maybe the White Sox sell, but they actually have good players. So between the East and the Central, maybe two, three teams that'll sell. West, the Athletics are 30 games back, but they don't have anything that anybody wants except for maybe Jace Peterson. The Angels might sell, I guess. The Mariners might sell, but they're a young team that's building. So what are they going to sell off? The American League might have five, six teams that are going to sell Let's say the same is true about the National League. You got 9, 10, 11 teams that are in a position to be sellers. Okay, I'm not saying they are sellers. They have a record that would allow them to sell if that's the exact route they want to go. And the exact number isn't important, whether it's 9, 10, 11 teams, whatever. We take that group of teams, which is about a third of the league or less. Next, we need to consider which of those teams actually have the pieces to sell. They might not. Maybe they're all young players, and they're looking to build with those young players so they don't have anything to sell. Okay, that's going to thin the herd. Next, we need to consider which one of those teams might actually have a piece that fits what the Brewers are looking for. That's going to further thin the herd. Next, we consider what other teams might also be looking to buy and those teams' relation to the Brewers, their motivation to sell or to buy. That's four or five potential qualifiers on a potential trade deadline move. That's a tough needle to thread. So it's not as simple as saying, we need a first baseman, go trade for a first baseman. The trade might not exist. And if the trade does exist, it might only exist from a team like the Cubs or the Cardinals that aren't going to be interested in selling to the Brewers. Or maybe the trade exists, but it also exists for another team with more resources and more motivation to spend than the Brewers. So it's not a trade that they're going to be able to pull off. It's really hard to do this. It's really hard. It's not as simple as it will go trade for a first baseman. If only it were that easy. Now, the Brewers' biggest need is probably DH because I think they could survive with Brian Anderson at third, Owen Miller at first. If there's a productive DH and and Willie Thomas is hitting and Yelich is doing his thing, oh, okay, well, if we can lean on Brian Anderson's defense at third and Owen Miller's slight offense and if he's okay, you can survive with that, but you can't survive with that if Jesse Winker is your DH and DH can be any position. So they could trade for any player that's available to be the DH. It's a little bit easier to buy. It's like cooking with chicken, right? You can kind of do whatever with chicken. If you're buying liver, well, okay, well now we're dealing with specific recipes. It's like, okay, you're making liver and onions or liver worst or something. That's like a corner outfielder. You got to play corner outfield. You can't move them in the infield. Well, DH, you can play anywhere. It's DH or designated hitter. It's all they have to do. The Brewers have been really good at attacking the trade marketplace creatively the last few years. It's like, well, we'll get Mike Moustakis and we'll have him play second because he's available. We need a second baseman. There's no second baseman available, so we'll get Mike Moustakis. We'll put him at second. Brewers really wouldn't have to do that if they want to acquire a DH. So maybe there might be a trade. There probably won't be. So a likely scenario is Owen Miller plays first for a while and then Rowdy Telez comes back and they see if they can get anything from his bat. 608-321-1670. Let's take a call. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90, your call to the Bill Michaels show today was hilarious. I appreciated that. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I could get a chuckle out of Bill. Maybe he's got me somewhere now where he'll, he'll kind of listen to me. I did notice that you pushed me right up there. <laughs> I appreciate that. You did. You got me right up to the front of the line. I, I don't want to let some other callers know that. I didn't you say know. anything. I didn't say anything. I think you just called at the perfect time where Bill was in between topics and he happened to go to you right away. Sometimes it takes a bit. We got a guest or we're in the middle of a conversation. You lucked out today. You got right on the air. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm going for the Triple Crown today. This will be the third show I've called on the 
Wisconsin Sports Soul Network. So why why do we need a first baseman? Why do we need to trade for a first baseman? Tell me that first. Well, as of right now, they they don't really have a first baseman. Their first baseman, Rowdy Telez, who's been awful all year, is now hurt. So they're playing their backup third baseman at first base, and he's not really cut out for it. He's pretty small, but he's held his own. I mean, if you want to contend, you need to have an honest-to-goodness first baseman, and right now they don't. I'm just, you know, I'm always of the notion that this game is not as tough as we are making. Oh? Certainly not as tough as what you just explained. Is it that tough? I mean, what you just explained, this, you know, we got to have, like, we got to have nuclear scientists in charge of picking up these players and stuff because what you just explained is very, very complicated. Is it that complicated? It's a complicated world. It's not that complicated. You know, to you it's not. To you it's not because you know exactly what you're talking about. Right? To me, a first baseman, he ain't got a lot of responsibility. Does he? Yeah, he I mean, I... Tell me what the massive amount of stuff is that guy's got to do. He's got to stand close to the base. <laughs> Let's just look at the area he has to cover. Yeah. Not much. Yep. You are correct. Of all the positions, first base is a little bit. You are correct. But with the Brewers, Eric, it's, you know, they're out of these games three to two or one to nothing or two to one. The Brewers don't have a massive margin for error for their first baseman to be kicking the ball around and making mistakes. They're not a team with a, a massive offense that can score 10 runs and be a little sloppy. This Brewers team needs to be buttoned up. So the Brewers, more so than a lot of teams in baseball, need to be as perfect as possible defensively. And that's why I, I, I think Bryce Terang has been so entrenched at second base. It's like, well, he might not hit the ball very well, but, God, he, play, he plays a mean second base, Eric. He really does. And that matters to the Brewers more than it would matter to most teams. Okay, well, I'll go along with you on this, but if we looked at the baseball field, it was like a globe, all right? Yep. The first base was taken care of like a white, all right? Not much. Not much going on here. He doesn't have to take care of a lot, so I'm not – I, I'm going to listen. I'm just going to continue to try and listen and understand this game. I'm going to. Well, I'm going to know more about it every day. I think first base is maybe a lot like center in football on the offensive line. The center probably has the easiest job as a blocker, but he's got to touch the ball every play, right? You got assignments and alignments. And first base, you might not have to cover a lot of ground, but that ball's coming to you way more often than it's coming to any other guy need to be good with your footwork, need to be quick with your hands. So it is a hard position, but it's also not. Do, do you know what I mean? It's hard in some ways, but not in others. All right. You know, another thing I've been noticing, Grant, and you can probably answer this. Yeah. I think that you're probably going to start to, if you haven't already, get a high number of calls. And I'll try to impersonate the caller, okay? Okay. Yeah, me and my brother-in-law... And my cousin, we're sitting talking at a picnic this weekend, and we don't understand why you guys don't have the Packers pick to win the Super Bowl. Because all that's got to happen is Jordan Love has got to play as good as Aaron Rodgers did last year, and we're in. Right? Are you getting a lot of that? We had uh, we had one, I think Bill got a text or something today. Or he was mad that, that Bill wasn't enthusiastically picking the Packers to win the division. This is what's weird, Eric. And everyone's going to fan you know, the way they want to fan and, and have different levels of enthusiasm. But I thought Packers fans were excited this year because there aren't any expectations. There's not this weight of Super Bowl or else hanging over our head. And now that we're all actually coming up on the season, 
everyone's like, well, what do you mean the Packers aren't going to win the division? What do you, what do you mean they should win? The, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, where, where, where are these expectations coming from? I thought we were supposed to go in loose and happy this year. It seems like that's going out the window a little bit. That's out the window. That's out the window. I got boarded off the island. Uh, expectations are up, my friend. Well, that's this is another thing about Packers fans, Eric. I'm not sure that a lot of Packers fans are capable of practicing this season what they've been preaching. I think a lot of Packers fans have been saying, I just want Rodgers off my team. I don't care if we go eight and nine. I don't care if we don't make the playoffs as long as, you know, we're building in the right direction, this and that. Okay, well, I want I want to. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think once we get to the year, Jordan Love could be fine. And it's seeming like we might have a decent young quarterback. But if this team goes 500 or worse, I think a lot of Packers fans are going to freak out after saying they wouldn't freak out, you know, months ago when Aaron Rodgers just left the team. You just have to remember that in your show now. You're going to be like, listen, you guys said you weren't going to freak out, and you're freaking out all over the place. Sure. There's going to be none of this low expectation stuff because it hasn't ever happened. You know, some of the old boys remember that. Some of the boys that are my age, all right, those are the guys you always make fun of. I remember back when this, those guys are going to get it, but they're older, so life isn't so good anyway. The younger guys, though, they're not going to, they're not having that low expectation whatsoever. Yeah. I just, I'm just saying, I just want to practice what we've been preaching. I don't want to get into the season and lose our mind, but I I think that's what we're going to do. That was a very good impression, Eric, by the way. Well done. Well, thank you. I, I, I pride myself on my impression. <laughs> oh, my God. You been to the Westky Ski Jump, by the way? Bill brought that up oh, right after you God. got off the phone. I was like, well, no, Eric, I think hails from Westby, so he'd know all about the ski oh, jump. Yeah. yeah, but we're not going to drive golf balls at them. No. No, no, that, no, would no, be, no, no. that would be dangerous. That would, be, that would not be nice. Oh, my God. We're not trying to hit the burger binders in the head, no. We're trying to hit the burger binders like in the thigh, so they just go down. Fleshy part and of the thigh, fleshy, yeah, from the surprise. Fleshy part of the thighs are like, oh, somebody shot me or something, you know. That's that's what we're shooting for, but and we're not really doing that. We just talked about doing that one day, but oh, that's okay. Uh, well, I appreciate Bye-bye. the heck out of you, Eric, and I love when you call as many shows as possible. You know this. Uh, I can't really do any more than that that I'm doing. I don't have another show to call. You could so, you could call the jungle, be a part of the, the SmackDown with Jim Rome. <laughs> uh, I don't like Jim Rome. I don't know if your brand translates well to an environment like that. No, no, no. That's a tough environment. I don't quite know what's going on half the time I'm listening to him. I really don't. Um, I'm just like, and you know, it's, he's a little bit like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes Saturday Night Live, and this is not so much now, but when it first came out, they'd have skits on, and if you weren't a New Yorker, you didn't get it. Oh. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. They, they, right? I mean, they had a little bit of that naturally, right? They're doing a live show in New York. Well, yeah, it was it was very exclusive. Right. Wasn't Chevy Chase's line, right. I'm Chevy Chase and you're not? I mean, that's gatekeeping right there right. in and of itself. Right. And so I, I would imagine that some of Jim Rome's stuff is kind of West Coasty. Um, you know, it's a whole different breed out there. So well, he can just have, have at it. I, that's fine. You should just take his time slot, for Christ's sake. Just just take – why don't you do that? Uh... You should just do that. Just take his time slot because there can't be anybody to be paying for advertising – 
in this area for, for listening to that. Sure there can't be. Jim Rome is uber popular. What are you talking about? He's the most listened to guy. Really? Well, I actually don't know the numbers. He's one of the most listened to guy. Oh, yeah. Jim Rome, Jim Rome stacks it up. I'm also not a salesman, so I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. I have to take one last break, Eric. I appreciate yeah, we'll talk you. talk to you later, oh, bud. You yeah. have a great day. Talk to you later. Appreciate you, Eric. Eric on I-90 says, well, why don't you just take his time slot? Well, you know what, Eric? Maybe I will. Live from sunny Los Angeles. I don't know his intro. It's the Jim Rome Show. Eric. Eric on I-90. More like Eric on I Heine, as in that call was ass. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Sorry, that's that. That's the best I can do. Eric's from West B. What is that? Eric wants to hate on the West Coast and say he's from West B. Hey, Eric, have you ever been to Eagle River? I have. Let me talk about it for the next two hours. This is the jungle. It's the place above Highway Eight in Wisconsin. I also call that the jungle. I own and gatekeep everything. I go to Eagle River and no one else does. And I'm going to make it a large part of my personality. So clones, stick around. We're going to take one final three-minute break and we'll come back. I'll talk more about Eagle River, Wisconsin. Have you ever been? I have. And I'll tell you more next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, last couple of minutes. We might have to talk about the NFL tomorrow and running backs because Saquon Barkley could not reach an agreement with the Giants today. Neither could... Um, Who's the running back on the the Raiders? Why am I brain farting? Josh Jacobs. And now Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry and lots of other running backs are chiming in on Twitter and saying, just get rid of the running back position. Because the only thing that teams do, the only thing that teams ever do, draft a running back, keep them for the duration of their rookie contract, put a franchise tag on them in the final year, and then let them go for nothing and never reward them with that long-term contract. They're right. That's exactly what teams do. And I think it's smart that teams do that. It's unfortunate for running backs. And it's a little depressing, but this is how marketplaces work. Competitive marketplaces where you have bidders and buyers contending against each other. And it's a little bit of a zero-sum game because $70 million that's committed to a player by one team is then $70 million that they can't, you know, commit to another player, which is a player we can go after. This is how marketplaces work. And I guess I don't really know what the solution is. I don't know what running backs can do about it, if anything at all. I suppose running backs should maybe be able to make more, right, when they come into the league to make up for that. But then what about Sauce Gardner, who's probably one of the best cornerbacks in his position, the day he gets to the NFL with the Jets last year. Does that make... Okay, so Sauce Gardner's supposed to make more money, but Sauce Gardner and other cornerbacks get made whole by their second contract and maybe third contract. Never the case for running backs. So I don't know what the solution is, but the fact that Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry and, and other running backs are actually tweeting about this and actually discussing it in public forum 
means that I think I want to talk about it tomorrow. I don't know with who and I don't know how, but it interests me a lot, especially, you know, all the labor striking going on, the actors and the writers are both on strike. Could we have a running back strike? No, because that's not how sports work. Well, maybe they'd have to have they'd have to have their own union and it'd have to be a whole thing. But you know what I mean? It's very interesting to see these players actually tweeting about it and engaging because they all think it. They all think that they're screwed as running backs. We don't often see them come out and say it. They're coming out and saying it. So we'll discuss that tomorrow. We'll talk more about the Brewers, Brewers Phillies. They start their set tomorrow night. So we'll talk about that. And we'll probably start ramping up our football. Best Packers coverage. We'll start talking more football because that's right around the corner. So happy to be back with actual games to talk about. This week's going to be a blast. Thank you for listening. Podcast will go up in just a little bit. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.